Today is a day that will live in radio history forever. That's right. Drop the subject you are about to witness for the first time ever. A segment that we are calling Host Swap. It's dropped the subject with Allie and James Simmons. And we figured, since we've been doing this for uh, at home for, I mean, what has it been, a month now? Over a month? So six weeks almost, maybe? We figured, hey, you know what? We have, what are we sitting here doing all the talking when we have significant others in our household that have mouths and vocal cords as well? Yeah, and that's really all that you need to do this job. It's just a mouth and vocal cords. Yeah, you don't need ideas. You don't even need to have the words that are coming out of your mouth make sense, clearly, or I wouldn't be sitting here. <laughs> I mean, that's that's how you got your, your job, Allie, and I don't know why they keep asking me to do this either. You just <laughs> We don't really prep for the show. We just like whatever comes to our mind. We just sort of talk about it for five to seven minutes. Mm -hmm. It's just off the cuff. And we were thinking, you know, as, as a kind of a, a rundown for today, we would just read a bunch of headlines and then go, that's crazy, right? (laughs) Am I right? That's so crazy. Am I right? (laughs) So, but I don't know if you get this, but my significant other hasn't really said this to me before, but there is some kind of a stigma that it's really easy to just talk about anything on the on the radio or to do a pod. Like everyone has a podcast like, oh, yeah, anybody can do that. There's actually a lot more to it than I think some people think. So maybe it would be a good opportunity to for them to experience firsthand just how much there is to it. Sure. And and the the balance of. We are here ultimately for you, the listeners. And so it's not necessarily always about what I want to talk about or what you want to talk about or we think this story is funny. It's it's the thousands of you listening right now are really what matter and why we do this. And I think that's why, you know, everyone has a podcast, but 93 and a half percent of them fail because True. actually people mm-hmm. don't really care. <laughs> so, you know, you have to like know <laughs> what people care about. And this is why we love when you guys tweet us and get at us on Instagram and all of that at DTS show. Um, And those of you listening to the podcast, we appreciate it. We must be doing something right, but that's why. So I think it is going to be a fun experiment to grab our significant other vocal cords and sit them down and say, all right, you do this. Right. And we should pick topics that are really, really heavy. I mean, I think we should just go really dry Senate votes, Supreme Court hearings. Yes. Just like the drier, the better. Just, you know, like the most appropriate dusting technique for your (laughs) and for your antique collection. (laughs) Right. And then they'll just start going off about how they dust or don't dust. And it'll just be a really dry conversation about dusting, which dusting is very dry in and of itself. So it makes sense. Like by definition, I think it's dry. (laughs) Yeah. Like like you, that's doing it. Uh huh. We could just make a really complicated game that has sounds and get like we can maybe get a guest to call in or a listener to zoom zoom in and just have a lot of bells and whistles so that there are a lot of things to manage during the segment and just see what a train wreck that is. Uh, or, I mean, the most difficult thing we could do is actually just leave them alone with producer Jesse and <laughs> see if they could like totally figure this out. Like, 
Because under normal circumstances, you should be fine in the capable hands of a producer of a radio, of a nationally syndicated talk radio program. Like, oh, the producer should know what they're doing. But in this case, I think it would be a complete train wreck if we just left our partners in the hands of Jesse by themselves. James, you make such a great point because being on the air with Jesse is sort of like the end of the Karate Kid where it's like the ultimate test. <laughs> that is exact. He's like the ultimate like, boss. Is he ready? At the end of the Simpsons level, right. instead of that big, weird, bald guy, it's just Jesse who's like, hey. <laughs> and you're like, and you're like, no, no, yeah. And it's like, finish him. And he's like, Fini- okay. <laughs> I didn't even realize that that Jesse is Jesse's the ultimate boss from every, and it's every video game. It's not just right. The Simpsons or Street Fighter or whatever. No, it's every single video game, every end of a Marvel movie, everything. <laughs> what he, every Jesse, villain in Star Wars. Jesse is Thanos. <laughs> we just didn't know it. <laughs> These rings are too big. Uh, you don't even fit. I don't. I need another ring. I didn't really die, you guys. I know. I don't you look thought, good in rings. I thought you thought I died, but I, I'm not. I'm alive. <laughs> just like Captain Marvel's, like ah! She's like pulling her eyes out. Right? She's like, I can't. I can't. I can't. <laughs> All right. So I think we know. I think we're clearing up what we're going to do later on the show. But we have all kinds of other things we're going to get to. Stay the F at home. It's something that is a trending hashtag. But people don't seem to listen. There are several stories, of course, again, of people doing ridiculous things, sometimes in grocery stores, usually in grocery stores. Mm -hmm. We'll also talk about uh, there's um, another Trump. uh, The Trump is doing some he's out dumbed himself and out idioted idioted his himself yet again we have a gay ma and of course the host swap so we have all kinds of other things closet watch i mean i'm looking at the schedule i'm very excited so don't go anywhere drop the subject returns with more after this drop the subject the new channel q well depending on what your governor has to say some of you might be venturing back out into the world sometime soon i don't know about you james but i'm not going anywhere i'm <laughs> i'm staying the f at home And I think the reason is that I keep reading stories like this of what happens when you do leave the house. And I think people, I've been saying this, people are are reaching peak annoying, peak crazy, any kind Mm -hmm. of dormant crazy that was lying within the depths of a person's brain or body is really just all out for the world to see or, I mean at least for us to see with on the internet. I think it really speaks to how close people are most of the time to like losing it. And then it just, to and not just, this has been really difficult and traumatic on a lot of people for a lot of different ways. And sometimes some of them very, very serious. So I'm not making light of the situation, but some people just like, just, this is what it was to just like tip them over. And they are acting a fool Mm -hmm. in these streets, as the kids say. Yeah, so if you had any questions of, well, you know, should I venture out? What should I do? Uh, We're going to just give you a roundup of a few stories of things that people have done when they do leave the house, and it might convince you to stay the F at home. The world has caught a virus, so I've written you a poem. We need your help to cure it, so stay the F at home. And if you have got 12 kids or you're living on your own, lock it down and isolate and stay the fridge at home. If you think you're not... Why don't we start with a man who pushed a park ranger into a lake shall we (laughs) oh we shall 
I mean, it's always a good place to start. This happened in Austin. So for anyone who's listening in Texas, in Austin specifically, you might want to listen up. Police have arrested Brandon Hicks. He's 25 years old with attempted assault on a public service worker and and uh, also damage of city property because he was uh, he was at a public park it's home to lake austin it's a very beautiful lake i would imagine that people were gathering there just to get a little fresh air mm-hmm. and when there was a park ranger that was standing near the lake's edge kind of making sure that people are social distancing right there are, you've seen this in several park areas where there are people just kind of making sure that you're social distancing trying to keep everybody in check so the park rangers doing their job just telling a crowd of people to stand six feet apart and this guy, Brandon, was like, I don't like being told what to do and pushed him into a lake. And that definitely made it so that they were standing six feet apart or swimming six feet apart. But you can't do that. Bad form. You, you can't just shove anyone, let alone like a park. Like, what has a park ranger ever done to you? Like, how often do you hear about like park ranger brutality or or like whatever like and if you see this video this guy is clearly chill he's super chill he's just like hey guys i know it's like super great to be out here at the lake but like um like i just need everyone to like sort of stay yeah he wasn't yelling no he was like very chill he had a smile on his face and then random douchey mcdouche just comes up and just like shoves him in the water for no (sighs) stay the f at home (laughs) douchey mcdouche aka brandon um, now, what yeah. is going on with there? There was something that happened in a grocery store in terms of somebody wiping something yeah. on someone. OK, so in another in another episode of Stay the F at Home uh, video, this there's a, a, a security camera video footage of a man who was told to wear a mask by a Dollar Tree employee in Holly, Michigan. And when she, after she asked him to wear a mask, because that's the requirement, he walked up and wiped his nose on her sleeve. And, you know, we were talking a little bit off there. You said, if I were this woman, I would have sucker punched this guy so quickly. I, listen, we need to talk to my sister girl about how <laughs> you don't never let us. Let me just fade real quick here. You don't ever let anybody walk up on you like that and put any sort of bodily fluids on you, especially a random stranger. When I'm at work trying to make this money and you're going to come up here when I'm an essential frontline worker and you're going to walk up to me and put my quite literally put my life in danger by wiping your nose on my my sleeve. I know mm-hmm. that sounds silly, but that's the world we live in right now. And oh, girl, my sister, she, she stood there. Now, I think she's probably 18 years old. So like, let, let me learn you she's a little like, bit. I just, I mean, this is like my she's first like, job. Right. She's like, I'm just, I'm making like seven fifteen an hour. Like, you know, like, just leave me alone. I would have elbowed that dude. I'd have dropped his ass right down on the floor. I'd be like, try, try that again. Wipe your nose on me and see what happens. But <laughs> speaking of what happened. The video got circulated over one of the few things good about social media. The video circulated all over social media. They were able to identify the guy and he was arrested by Holly, uh, Holly, Michigan police. Well, good. People are getting a little cray in Michigan. And I will say that I think I'm going to predict that grocery that that COVID is going to kill the phrase. The customer is always right. Because that doesn't seem to be the case anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, But to top it all off. No pun intended. (laughs) There was 
A man who decided to arrive at a grocery store with, I guess, a mask, but not necessarily a good mask. A disturbing sight in an East County grocery store over the weekend. A man shopping while wearing a KKK hood. It happened at this Vons on Mission Gorge Road in Santee. One shopper who took these photos says store employees told the man to remove the hood or leave. The image. Okay, so nobody was wiping anything on anybody, but you're just going through the produce section, and then all of a sudden you see a man who's dressed normally, except for the fact that he's wearing a literal KKK hood while he is in the grocery store shopping. Uh And let me just say... This is obviously never okay, and it, it just because there's coronavirus happening and people need to wear masks does not mean you break out a KKK hood. But it, I think it just like old white guys are having a real problem with COVID. <laughs> I think they thought they were having a real hard time with like life anyway. And some of them were like some of, you know, we've been like talking about privilege and hashtag me too movements and the world is moving away from the old white guys being in power and control of everything right now. And so they were kind of starting to lose it anyway, just like uh, collectively. And then now we've got stuff like this going on, but I will say, you know, when I first moved to Southern California, I thought every, everyone was super liberal and it was like, great and everyone was a surfer and then you realize there are these pockets in Southern California of like really intense racism and really intense like right wing militia stuff and one of them unfortunately is the city that this happened in it's called Santee it's down closer to San Diego and the nickname for the city is actually Clan T whoa really for the people who live in that area yeah they've been fighting real hard to break that reputation but so don't get it twisted that just because this happened in Southern California this was a one off like this guy may unfortunately be more representative of people than we think. Wow. All right. When we get back, I need to ask the NP something. It's about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Is she okay? For God's sake, I need you to put our minds at I ease. I know. We're right back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Anytime Ruth Bader Ginsburg trends on Twitter, my heart skips a beat because <laughs> she, uh, and I've said this before, she needs to be encased in a plastic or glass titanium bubble so that nothing ever happens to her. She is amazing. There have been shirts made. I mean, everybody is all about the the RBG. And to see that she was hospitalized after an infection, you're like, nah! uh, I so can't. I think we and this alley, by the way, is dropped the subject. And with and I'm um, and guest hosting with me is James Simmons, who's a nurse practitioner, where we can ask the NP whatever we want. Let's ask the NP what the F is going on with Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And please put our minds at ease because it had something to do with her gallbladder. And I don't even know what a gallbladder does. I don't know. It says it's a benign gallbladder condition and that uh, she's resting peacefully. Please accept. Explain, no, please, God. No, we should never put Ruth Bader Ginsburg resting peacefully all in the same sentence, Allie. That's a little <laughs> too, uh, that's just a little too close for me. Um, so you're, this uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg has been diagnosed with what we call acute cholecystitis. Obviously, for legal purposes, I have to say I don't know her. I haven't treated her. I don't know what's going on. This is just from me being able to do a little research. So, uh, so acute cholecystitis, fancy term for your gallbladder has stones, your gallbladder lives in the upper right side of your abdomen. So if you pull, if you go under your right ribs with your right hand and you kind of push in that area, your liver, pancreas, gallbladder all live together. They share an inner state. Behind they your sh- right rib? Like kind of under, kind of below, like right below. Okay. Like if you go down to so your I've last got a pa- ribs I've got a on your right. pancreas there, a yeah, gallbladder, a pancreas, and a what else? Gallbladder, a liver. 
I don't, okay, living. All those, all those important. things kind of live yeah. together, and they share like the four hundred five. So they share an interstate because they all sort of like secrete different fluids and juices at one time. Hot. So the 101 goes into the 405 and the 10 and they all sort of merge into these ducts. Well, your gallbladder also has stones in it. You've heard of gallstones, right? Yes. I know someone who had gallstones and they're mm. very painful. They're quite painful. Most of us have gallstones all the time. We just don't know it. When gallstones become painful is when they either get really, 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 really big, which is a little bit rare, or one of those gallstones pops out of the 101 and tries to <gasps> merge onto the 405 and gets stuck. Oh, no. Just like a rogue drunk driver stone. Right. <laughs> She's like, ah, here comes my gallstone. And gallstone pops out on 405, gets stuck, causes inflammation and an infection. That is what's called acute cholecystitis. And that is uh, what Ruth Bader Ginsburg has. Now, a couple things usually happen. Uh, if your gallstone starts or if your gallbladder starts being becoming too inflamed too often or stones start coming out too often or whatever, we can just take it out. You don't actually need your gallbladder to live. It's it kind of helps a little bit with like breaking down foods and, and digesting things, uh, but it, you don't really need it. So God uh, just kind of threw that in there like this might help. Well, we think back in the day when our diet was very, very different, like hundreds of thousands of years ago, maybe even a million years ago, we needed this thing more than we do now. Um, oh, kind of like so a vestigial tail type of thing, right? Yeah, like yeah. Generations like ago, I see. Mm -hmm. Evolutionary sort of thing. Um, and so since we don't really need it, we can take it out. If it starts, if she starts acting a fool like this all the time, we just take her out. But before we take her out, we got to calm her down. Because you can't remove an organ or have surgery when you are infected or inflamed. It's very dangerous. So typically what happens in this situation is as long as the blockage isn't super severe or we think the gallstone might have passed through the 405 or something like that, we give you some antibiotics. Sometimes we put a little drain in to drain things out because remember your 405 is blocked and you need it to like be going through. So sometimes, sometimes oh, we put a little drain. They're probably running that traffic break. Yeah, that's exactly what they're doing. <laughs> traffic like goes stupid around. Stupid traffic break. Stupid cops in front of the traffic <laughs> break. So uh, maybe some definitely some antibiotics, sometimes a drain, maybe or maybe not. Sometimes a night or two in the hospital of just not eating and getting a bunch of like IV fluids. And then we usually send you home and have you schedule to have your gallbladder taken out in, you know, a couple weeks. Okay, so where is Ruth Bader Ginsburg at then? Because she went through, it says, a non-surgical treatment. So is that, they, they haven't removed her gallbladder. She right. just was having some pain because she, I mean, it's great. It's so like her to have like rogue gallbladder stones that just can't be <laughs> contained <laughs> right you can think of it that way for sure they popped out and uh got stuck. like so, i don't want to do this i'm, I'm gonna break the mold this. she i think she's in the face she went to johns hopkins so fantastic uh place for her to go because she was having pain uh so i'm sure they gave her some probably pretty good pain stuff uh so lots and lots of fluids definitely some iv antibiotics she probably i think she stayed the night um there's a question of whether or not she may get out today or um possibly tomorrow, that which sounds right on track for how we normally treat this. We check some labs. We make sure she doesn't get super sick, spike a fever, anything like that. We send her home with some antibiotics. And then my guess is in a couple of weeks, we will hear Ruth Bader Ginsburg undergoes gallbladder um, surgery, you all outpatient gallbladder, you know, surgery. <sighs> okay. All right. Thank you, James, because <laughs> we've got COVID. We've got 
unemployment rates spiking. We've got murder hornets. Uh-huh. We've got hurricanes. I've also gotten an email from the goddess moon circle saying that it's a triple re- it's a triple retrograde full moon or some crazy crap like that. Oh so my. get ready for all the technology to go kaput. And so uh, to, so Ruth Bader Ginsburg being healthy and alive and well is pretty much all a lot of us have to hold on to at this moment. <laughs> so Thank you, Ruth. Thank you, James. Thank you, Gallbladder. Just keep on chugging along, and so will we. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Rounding out the first hour here on Drop the Subject. At the top of the next hour, it is Trump around time. Trump's not wearing a mask. He thinks we should be mining on the moon. He was talking about disbanding the COVID pandemic response team. Lots to break down there. There's also Closet Watch. Someone has come out of the closet. Someone went back in. Interesting. We will get to that. But first, wanted to bring something on the air that we covered a little earlier in the week. Um, James, I believe it was in News It or Lose It where you Uh brought to the table a story of a little kid who wrote a song. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. The song that that I almost got in trouble for saying out loud. Well, you know what? I have gotten some clarity on that, and I think we're in the clear. <gasps> I really hope we are, because I'm about to play it again. <laughs> this is <laughs> Hooray! This is what we heard earlier in the show, uh, or earlier in the week. A little girl who's, I believe, eight years... No, I think she must be like four She's or like something. She's like five or something. Yeah, yeah she wrote a song. Uh, it's a song that's been on everyone's mind. It is quite honestly a bop, or it slaps, in it other words. It slaps, yes. And it's called What's Inside Your B-Hole. This is what it, the original sounds like. I wonder what's inside your butthole. I wonder what's inside your butthole. Maybe there's astronauts and maybe there's aliens all inside your butthole. What's inside your butthole? I always want to know. What's inside your butthole? I always want to know. know. What's inside your <laughs> I mean, after you brought that to the airwaves, I had it in my head. And I was like, man, this is such a great song to have in your head. And if you have any other songs in your head, I would highly recommend listening to this because it will get whatever song. If you have like hips don't lie in your head, uh, always (laughs) what's inside your b-hole will definitely replace that easily. But then you had I think it was you who mentioned when we were talking about this that there should be a remix. <gasps> there was because they've you know like the Cardi B's coronavirus like whatever like so many people have remixed that into some like like fire dance songs like well, they're like awesome. One person already did I think a folk remix. <laughs> Stop it. What's inside your butthole? Inside your butthole. Maybe there is astronauts, maybe there is aliens. All inside your butthole. <laughs> okay, but. Inside your butthole. Yeah, but oh. So, Pearl Jammy. Very. So, I, I think it was you who asked for a remix. And oh my so, God. and I'm now is the right time now. to debut some new music here on Drop the Subject. This yes. was arranged by me, and this is the remix. Of what's inside your beehole. I wonder what's inside your beehole. Whoa! I wonder what's inside. I wonder what's inside. The drop. The drop. 
<laughs> oh my gosh, I'm totally like raving right now. Get yeah, out. Baby. Were you dying putting this together? Yes, and it was funny because my wife was uh, doing therapy. She was performing therapy on person, like helping somebody who was going through a really hard time. Oh, and then no. she came out and I was like, how was your house session going? It was great, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, this is what I've been working on. And she turned around and walked away. <laughs> so you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. This is the remix of What's Inside Your Beehole. We will try and find a way to put this online so you can download it and listen to it. Drop the subject returns with more. Believe it or not, we will top that after this. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. I wonder what's inside your butthole. I wonder what's inside your butthole. Maybe there's astronauts and maybe there's aliens. Oh, inside That's the harmony. the rest of the show with them unfortunately we can't do that but this is the lesbian folk version of what's inside your b-hole and you can see the video too she's like passionately singing into a very professional looking microphone i mean this is a studio (laughs) this is some production value is involved here oh my and this is i mean didn't she put this video out on like saturday like this, yeah. I think this whole people have, I mean, people shows how people, bored people are, right? A lot of people have time, right? Like people got time to put this together. <laughs> I mean, I spent time on the techno one <laughs> a lot, right? And it was too much. So good, by the way. I wonder what's inside. Yo, it had a very like um, Skrillex sort of drop to it, yeah. like a dubstepy kind of thing. Yeah, it was very good. Thank you, thank you for that, totally. Allie. Of course. Well, now we have to unfortunately twist and turn our way into talking about the An president of the United States. Oh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I think that the White House, like the, the actual White House is probably singing this song. It's like, what is inside here? Oh, it's a butthole. Oh, it's a butthole. Um, that's right. It's Trump around, everybody. There is some, there are some questions that have been raised in the last 24 hours about whether or not the COVID pandemic response team is going to remain intact. There were reports, Mike Pence specifically had spoken on Tuesday and kind of insinuated that they were going to start disbanding or winding down the COVID pandemic response team, which seems, I, I mean, I I keep saying it's too soon. You keep saying it's too soon. It's it's too soon to reopen some of these places, especially that have not seen a decline in cases, to then take it the next step and say, why don't we start possibly disbanding or winding down the response team seems asinine at best. I, I actually really wonder. I mean, it does seem asinine, right? We're going in the wrong direction. Like everyone is, we did so well, we flattened the curve and a lot of places didn't even have that much of a bump and, and whatever. But now everyone's saying, okay, we're going to reopen and everyone's going to take this risk and we're going to go the other direction. And listen, the models that predicted somewhere between 100,000 and 250,000 deaths from this are unfortunately Unfortunately, looking like they're coming true. Like I think we're at sixty nine thousand in the United States so far this year. Yeah, the the models have 
have not been far off. The model said if everyone locks down and stays home, we won't get to this 100,000, 250,000. Well, now we're letting people out and we're going to go up. So in the middle of this getting worse, you signal that maybe it's you're going to disband this team. But what I think is really funny, I think the the sort of like read between the lines story here is that like the 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 pet got in trouble. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so Mike, Mike, Pence Mike Pence had said, oh, I think we're going to start doing this possibly by Memorial Day. And then the president said, no, 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 no. Just kidding. This, kidding it will guys. be. Yeah, they've done a fantastic job. Uh, they have a bunch of resources and they're going to he said that they were going to continue indefinitely. So he's either walking back on it because there was such a big response or. And maybe Mike Pence was saying something that he was not supposed to be public knowledge. Uh But then he kind of said, like, Trump said, oh, maybe we're going to add or subtract some people. And it's like, what? I don't just, you know, but but as we see fit, as is appropriate. But the task force will also be very focused on vaccines and therapeutics. Thank you. We're out. Like, yeah. Thank you. Peace. Right. uh, Just just like, oh, we said something goofy again. Now, listen. People who are on the air every day. I understand how difficult it is to not say the wrong thing sometimes. (laughs) Like even I will I will even give Donald Trump and Mike Pence this this courtesy. But because sometimes you're like, oh, I just said that this is not going to be good. Right. But like this is multiple times now where they've sort of had to be like, "Uh, just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. Like. If you let the experts do their thing, right? Like, it don't be, you're not a physician, Donald Trump, or a nurse practitioner, or a medical expert, yeah, period. So, know your them, lane. It's not doctor. Know your lane. Right. And so, if, if Mike Pence was like, well, we're going to disband this thing, was that, was that just him talking out his neck, or was he just right. saying things that wasn't supposed to happen? Like, I just think it kind of points to, we're in the middle of a pandemic and no one was going to have a perfectly executed team for sure. Like I, I do give them credit for the things that they have done really well, but like, I think this just goes to show that there's still so much dysfunction going on with this organization, with the, uh, with this administration and with the, this pandemic team so far. Well, absolutely. And having that pandemic response team as, as unorganized and confused as is the information that we're getting because, you know, Donald Trump is, is, is contradicting some of the things that the doctor's saying. Fauci and is it Burks? Uh-huh. Deborah Burks. Yep. Dr. They, Deborah they Burks. have been like the only people I will listen to <laughs> other than like the CDC. And so like I, I'm waiting to hear what they have to say to give any kind of real information because I'm not going to listen to the president. I'm not going to listen to the vice president. They're so like th- their voice is so needed still because this country feels like they have not gotten enough direction. So to even possibly think of disbanding that and leaving us in the dust just seems terrifying. It, it, it is terrifying. And he, you know what, one of the things he is saying though, and I think this is appropriate to start having these conversations, but you have to understand the power of the words that come out of your mouth. He's starting to say, you know, what from Arizona, by the way, where he was yesterday and he had a, uh, an, a, an interesting event in Arizona, which I think we're going to get to in the next break. Uh, but he, he was saying like, where are, we've already begun to talk about a transition plan with FEMA and letting some of our other agents sort of go back to managing this in a traditional manner. That's great when we get to COVID-19 being sort of like a seasonal thing, like the flu, which a lot of experts think will happen. We're not there yet. We are not. This pandemic is still happening, whether we like it or not, and whether it's comfortable to talk about or not. We're not in some sort of like, oh, let's just let FEMA handle it starting on June 1st. Like that's irresponsible. 
Well, the music continues when we get back because Live and Let Die was blasting as Trump visited a mask factory at Honeywell, which we will get to when we get back. Trump around continues, and so does Drop the Subject after this. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the Subject with Allie and I James Simmons. What's inside your Odie, hold on. Do you want another one? I wonder what's inside uh, all right. Yeah. Do you want the cure? One of the guys from the yeah. cure did a oh rendition. My God, Hold on a sec. Okay, we'll just play this really quick. These are nice palate cleansers in between talking. They about are. <laughs> You, you could make There's a whole album. I really, by the way, I, I feel like we just need to get, I hope people are, you know, the music industry is, can be a little shady sometimes. So I just want to, while we have a chance, this eight-year-old's name is Jolie Dunn. J-O-L-E-E-D-U-N-N. Yeah, there you go. Nice. Give her some credit. And she originated this song and it was tweeted out by her mother, Lisa Rifle Dunn. Uh, please go. She's Lisa Rifle, R-I-E-F-F-E-L, Lisa Rifle on Twitter. Please go find them. If they've got a coffee account or a uh, what's the thing where you donate money or whatever? Like, help this kid out. Maybe she's got a music future. We can pay for her college. Like, she's giving us a viral moment. I feel like we need to give something back to her. Yeah, and this isn't a Friday moment. Like, this isn't a Rebecca Black type thing. This is yeah. raw talent. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Uh, no, no lie. Raw talent, eight years old, like putting that together and making it slap and having the Cure remix your song. Like, I'm I mean, sorry. You've already got it. <laughs> when it comes to when I was eight years old, I could, I mean, I was still dressing like a cowboy and pretending to be a German shepherd. I was not doing anything even remotely creative or interesting. So dirt. this, this kid, I think I was eating dirt. Julie. <laughs> At eight years old, still, I think I was like, "Dirt's pretty good." I think. Did you eat dirt? Um, didn't everybody eat dirt? No, I don't know if I ever did. Jesse, did you ever eat dirt? No, no. Jesse, no. come on, you lie, Jesse. That is a daggone lie. I feel like every child at ate dirt at some point in time. Okay, no. well, I think we should turn this Maybe. to the audience. If you <laughs> ate dirt when you were a child, please let us know. Because I don't know if I ever ate dirt consistently on purpose. <laughs> that being said, I did run into a door repeatedly because my cousin told me to until my nose bled. So, kids, I'm not going to deny that kids do stupid crap. With <laughs> there you go. But this but eight-year-old I, Jolie Dunn, she's got it on lock, right? At eight, she, at eight years she, old. You were eating dirt. All right, let's talk about about, uh, the president's visit to the Honeywell factory, which he wasn't really clear on what people did there anyway. He visited the facility and was accompanied by some music. Paul McCartney's music. Take a listen because there's actually a lot behind this. You can hear him being instructed on how how they make their masks, but it's being drawn round out this is the material that traps the particulates so what's happening is that number one donald trump's not wearing a mask 
Neither is anybody else that's with him. Neither are the old white guys standing around him either. Yeah, but the guy who is literally sitting there behind the machine and making masks and putting them in a bin is wearing a mask. Uh But all of the people who are showing him within the facility are not wearing masks. And so this guy's going, all right, well, you know, you put this in here, but this music is blaring and it has some meaning. It, it does have some meaning. So the, the words, the original song is, is Paul McCartney. Uh, but Guns N' Roses, GNR, uh, rock legends, redid this song. And uh, in particular, what makes it very interesting is that Axl Rose, the lead singer of Guns N' Roses, for you youngsters who may not know that, uh, is an outward Trump opponent. He often uh, will will say things publicly about Donald Trump. And even though a lot of Guns N' Roses fans are Trump supporters, Axl Rose himself is like, um, this guy is not uh, of good reflection on our presidency. He's not. I love this from uh, Axl Rose, by the way. He is the gold standard of what could be considered disgraceful. <laughs> and this is coming from Axl Rose. Platinum who, it, disgraceful. Right. Who was mostly through like 80s and 90s considered by many to be a disgraceful person himself. But uh, he is not a Trump fan. And so there's a lot of meaning behind this. Even Jimmy Kimmel, who is a very, very stalwart uh, opponent of Trump, tweeted, I can think of no better metaphor for this presidency than Donald Trump not wearing a face mask to a face mask factory while the song Live and Let Die right. blares in the background. Yeah. yeah, and and you know, you think that some of these things are just a coincidence, but when you watch the video, you're like, no, that's blaring. And it's blaring <laughs> I mean, for a reason for in a factory. A and then you get Donald, you can even tell Donald's like a little uncomfortable and he doesn't really know what to do. So he just like points. He just at does the a thumb up. Yeah. <laughs> he just like he just, just like, like no. Uh this is the mask that I'm again not wearing. Oh, oh God. God. Uh oh, this just in Trump is ordering to paint the border wall black and could drive up the cost to five hundred million dollars. Okay, great. Yeah, uh awesome. Well, let's change gears here and get to news it or lose it. We have three stories that don't have to do with the President of the United States, and we will get to them next. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Drop the Subject presents News It or Lose It. It's News It or Lose It time. I've got three headlines and James Simmons has three choices to make. He decides what you hear next. Are you ready? Whoa, that one's really good today. I got some water in there and everything. Sharp, a sharp cling. It was very sharp. Thank you. Uh, All right. Here's your first headline. From canned tuna to cream of celery, here are the plain old pantry items that chefs swear by. Yes, because we're getting there. We're like, let's dig out the tuna that's been in the back for like three years. And yeah. All right. Headline number two. New homeowner finds a secret cellar under his house, possibly dating back over 100 years. Oh, my God. This is the stuff that horror movies are made of. Yes. (laughs) There's the ghost of a little girl. All right. And then headline number three, Tom Cruise is going to film a movie in space. Oh, come on. You know, can we start there? Because before you even get into this headline, I I want to fundamentally not like Tom Cruise as a person. I don't know him, but I just feel like the Scientology stuff and the stuff you hear and whatever. I just I don't want to like him. But. Uh, the other night, this I had to take a break from dissertationing, and I was like, I just it's eleven o'clock at night. I need to turn off my brain. Nothing made me happier than Mission Impossible. 
Oh, like, well, he's great in those movies. And I just, I was like, I don't want anyone else to play that. Like, maybe it just Alba or something, right? But like, I don't want anybody else to play this character. I just want it to be Tom Cruise. But God, I don't like that guy. Yeah, you know, I think that there's enough evidence there where you, it's okay to not like Tom Cruise. I mean, he's had a long track record to draw from, uh-huh. from the marriage that he had that was pretty much doctored by Scientology. I mean, I'm making completely just talking. I, I'm not there. This is all alleged, I suppose, but right, right, right. Um, you know, somebody like that is okay to still like their movies. I mean, Russell Crowe, I don't think he he kind of looks like an a hole, but he's really good in the movies that he's in. So That's you're just true. like, all right. That's true. Well, now we're putting this guy, uh, everyone's favorite Tom Cruise, into space. Apparently, yeah. Tom Cruise wants to fly into space. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Who so. doesn't? I think that everyone feels Tom Cruise crazy right now, or Britney Spears crazy, I guess, depending on who you are. But Um, NASA, (laughs) the head of NASA confirmed that the space agency is working with Tom Cruise to make a movie on the International Space Station. No, come on. Really? That's why I'm like, NASA... You're better than this. I, and I love NASA. Like it was a dream when I was a kid to work for them. I probably still could figure out a way if I want to, I guess. But like, I right now feel like we got, I know you can always say this, but we got people that are like hungry and jobless. Can we just like put a pause on like the budget for that movie and just like, why don't we pay all of the people who were going to work on that movie who now don't have jobs because Hollywood isn't doing anything like let's just pay them their salaries now. Exactly. You know, there are other things that we need to be worrying about than making a film in space and that film's going to suck. I'm sure because you have to have a camera crew up there in order to film everything properly. (laughs) And if anybody is allowed to go in the space station and make an actual movie in space, it's Sandra Bullock. Okay, Sandra Bullock Uh, or Matthew McConaughey or someone who already kind of did their their due diligence in space or Tom Hanks, somebody who made a space movie and had to do it not in space and not in space. Right. I. I mean, I'm probably still going to watch it. <laughs> After all, <laughs> during your next dissertation, don't right. Oh God, never again. <laughs> shh, shh, don't say. Are that you done? Like, You're done with it, aren't oh you? Oh my God, I'm so close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things where every night you think you have to turn it in, and then it just is the next day, and, and the next day, the next day is dragged on and on. Like why? I can't. Okay, so some chefs have revealed what are their favorite canned and basic foods they keep in their pantry. Let's just kind of get into it. For $5 at Walmart, and this is a recommendation from Phoebe Cole-Smith, who is a chef and a farmer. One of her favorite sandwiches as a child was Underwood deviled ham spread with bread and butter. I've never had deviled ham in my life, but she says it's amazing. And if you're going to pick up something and put it in your pantry for cheap, it's five bucks at Walmart and you can get some some premium quality deviled ham spread. I imagine it's similar to spam. Yeah, I I think that's a pretty close to deviled ham sort of substitute. Have you ever had spam musubi, by the way? It's like the best. Spam what? It's called Spam Musubi. It's like a, like a Hawaiian dish. I don't want to say traditional because Spam is not like a traditional thing, but it's like a Hawaiian dish. It's sort of like Hawaiian Spam Sushi, if you will. I don't know. I'm oh. sure some listeners know what it is. Y'all let us know. Spam Musubi is amazing. You know, uh, My Mini Adventures on Instagram direct messaged us because he found Costco Pickles. Yeah. Were they Claussens or Bubbies, though? They weren't. I think they were Vlasic. They don't know. Oh, God. You mean Voldemort pickles? Thou shalt, who shall not be named? 
Knock it off. <laughs> Let's get through a couple more of these. Whole artichoke hearts. That is a recommendation from Leah Koenig, who's a food food writer. My, they said their favorite is the grilled and marinated artichoke hearts. They're brining, gorgeously charred, and they make a great addition to an omelet. Oh, uh, Julie okay. Cole, who is a chef at Nomwa Nolita, which sounds like a very fancy restaurant, recommends Campbell's Cream of Celery. It's the Ferrari of canned soups. You can use it anywhere that you'd use heavy cream. Casseroles, gratins, pasta, sauces. It is a big part of my life. I'm not sure I call like something you can use anywhere at any time a Ferrari. Like, I feel like that's the opposite. I would call that's that a, a Prius. Honda, that's a Honda Accord. Yeah. Uh, smoked oysters, cod liver, pineapple yeah. chunks. Uh, there's all kinds of piquillo peppers, anchovy stuffed olives, cream Amazing. style sweet corn, all kinds of other uh, canned white asparagus, all kinds of other recommendations here. So if they're out of all the things you do want at the grocery store, these are some things that you can uh, you can pick up and actually make a gourmet meal out of. We do have one more story, but we have to go. So when we get back, we will get to the final story in News It or Lose It. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. You know, there's an update to the story. Tom DeLong has claimed there's a copyright issue now. <laughs> oh no, already? He said that this was an early Blink-182 song and that they owe, her, they owe him some money. <laughs> that's Which funny. Which actually, but that's like one of the first things that I believe out of his mouth. I'm like, oh, that makes oh, sense. You, you actually probably did write something like <laughs> this. Blink-182. Right. Blink no, honestly, though, I really do hope people are already tweeting, like, this is going to be the first song played in the clubs when everyone gets to go back to the clubs in 2027. And I just hope by that point, like, she's trademarked, copyrighted, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I hope she gets some money from this. Like, oh, girl is really, like I said, giving us a moment and she needs to get paid for that. Yes. And put in a college fund or you yes. know, music lessons or whatever it is, because Something. we can single handedly as a country fund her career. Right. I agree. Like, at, least, years at old least let's get her into music school. You know what I mean? You know. All right. Let's finish up with the snooze it or lose it story. And then we'll get to closet watch to round out the second hour here on Drop the Subject. A new homeowner has found a secret cellar under his house, possibly dating back over 100 years. When mm-hmm. I think about being a homeowner, this is the ultimate cool thing. I, I would love to really? own a house and then be like, whoa, secret door or whoa, floor. you lift up this floorboard and there's some weird crap from centuries ago. No. I want to. No. No. <laughs> no. You clearly don't I, watch enough horror movies, Allie. No, I do. I do. <laughs> I know that in most situations it ends badly, especially when Vera Farmiga is involved, but <laughs> it's just, just like a ghost say. child playing oh tea. God. But so bad. So scary. <laughs> but here's what happened in this case. Jake Brown, this guy, he, uh, he bought a house and they noticed, uh, this is in England, he he noticed that there was, I guess they have a lazy coffee standing outside the basement front door of their property. I don't know what a lazy coffee is. I guess it's adjacent to a lazy Susan. Uh-huh. And he said he noticed a patch in the wall of a texture different to the rest. Uh-huh. He noted that curiosity and boredom played into his decision-making process. After that, he decided to grab a drill 
and create two holes in the wall through which he shined a flashlight and saw that the wall appeared to have a large opening behind it. (laughs) So Uh he decided to break his way inside and he said he proceeded to hammer out a larger opening and he said he, he found a giant opening. It created a large enough hole to fit through and there's a big cavern with a bunch of builder's waste from another era. He climbed inside to take a closer look. He found a newly discovered room and discovered it was 16 feet deep and 10 feet high Whoa. and 10 feet wide. What? And apparently n- now there's an investigation going on to figure out what is what this room is about because it could be from about a century ago. Mm-mm. No, no, <laughs> nope. absolutely not. I'd be like, so, first of all, y'all violated contract. You didn't tell me this when I bought this house. I'm right. out. You need to give me my money back. All of it. I'm going to buy another house. I am. I am done. No, I don't. And do all this. he heard from the basement was la 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 la. Come play with us. Come play ah! Especially in England, which is like a creepy British accent, child. Oh my god! Of course. All right, before before we go, Speaking let's of, do right, cre- creepy British accents. <laughs> Sometimes she employs a creepy British accent, Miss Nicki Minaj. I don't know if you've ever noticed that. I by the way, I've never noticed that, but that makes sense. This is Closet Watch. This is usually where we share a moment in, uh, you know, where the LGBT community grows. It's usually somebody coming out of the closet. And who do we have in the closet? Oh, no, they're still in there. They won't come out. It's Nicki Minaj, who came out as bisexual. But uh, now his uh, apparently in a rendition of Doja Cat's Say Say So, it's a remix of the song. She says... This is the line. Tell Mike Jordan, send me my retros used to be by, but now I'm just hetero. So now everybody is confused because they're like, are you so you're straight again? You, can I we do mean, take backsies? I don't. Well, here's the thing. She kind of already did take backsies technically. Like, so when she first came out and she was on the like New York rap scene, whatever, she would tell like local fans that she was queer and labeling herself as bisexual. Then in a 2012 interview, when she was like blowing up and she was on Ellen and doing all that stuff, she said in Rolling Stone that she just did it for attention. And then someone was like, did you really just do it for attention? And she's like, no, I'm just playing with y'all. So she's been doing this, like playing with everybody back and forth. So I think it's just part of her shtick. I think she probably threw this in there knowing exactly that everyone was going to talk about it at the end of the day. And, and even like, in queer other queer Nicki Minaj news she was a guest judge on RuPaul's Drag Race this season and maybe the best guest judge ever she spent I mean, time sure, with the queens yeah. yeah she like was teaching them makeup tri- tips she was like this is how you blow up like do this she was like helping them with their rap game like she was like very involved and I loved every minute of it so whether she's bi or not she's still you know the queers we love her and I think she still gets to hang out sure but as a lesbian lady I'm like don't do that straight lady crap with me where it's like sometimes I am sometimes I'm not I don't know we'll get into a hot tub and see what happens like F you oh my scars all right we'll be right back with the gay (laughs) MA drop the subject the new channel Q 
Well, this hour is about to get very exciting here on Drop the Subject with Allie and James Simmons because we're about to get into the game, but also at the bottom of this hour, well, not even, pretty soon, we're going to do Host Swap where dun, 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 dun. we are taking our significant others and placing them behind the microphone and giving them a chance to host our show. That's right. We are going to get James's husband, Chris, behind the microphone and my wife, Katie, is going to uh, is going to try her hand at hosting. She'll probably do a better job than me. But before we get into that, I thought we would get into each other's personal history with our Wednesday staple, the Gay MA. I have a rather involved question for you Ooh, this week, okay, James, I like if, I, if I might go dive a little deeper. Please, by all means, get deep. James. Yes, Allie Johnson? As a black man. Uh-huh. Have you ever Shh, gotten... don't tell anybody. Oh. <laughs> Is that not public knowledge? Oh, crap. I don't know. Did, I, don't know if, I don't know if they know, Allie. I don't know if they know. <laughs> Have you ever gotten crap from the community for dating a white guy? All the time. Really? <laughs> All the time. Ooh, this is a great question. Um, yes, it's very interesting because, so for clarification's sake for everyone, because it, I, I, I personally still waver back and forth on this thing, but I, so I am legally black because mm-hmm. my father is black and I am my mother is white and she is the like palest person on earth. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so, and my mother's family is, we're kind of all Scottishy with a little Englishy thrown in, but mostly like we've been like rosy, rosy white, like super white. Like we have a gang of redheads in the family. Oh wow. Super white on that side. Yeah. But we've all been, we've been in the States for like four or 500 years as far as we can go back. So we're Americans. And, my dad's family, good question, right? We don't, dad's grew up, dad grew up on the same plantation that our ancestors were slaves on in Mississippi. So we know that much. We do know that there are at least one, probably two full-blooded female Choctaws in there in the lineage. Whoa. So I have a, f- a fair amount of, of indigenous or indigenous, uh, indigenous American in me. So all of that mixed up, I, I look like a, just sometimes to some people like a tan white guy. Right. Or like I get Puerto Rican a lot because my Spanish is okay. And so sometimes I'm going to bring us all to this point. Eventually, sometimes I don't jump out to people as black. Uh They kind of say, all right, this guy is a we know he's a person of color, probably, but Mm -hmm. not maybe not necessarily black, especially because I don't really have any hair. So that being said, black folks always know I'm black. Really? There, it's the funniest thing, right? And this is, it's just a thing. I don't, I kind of feel like it's like a little bit like gaydar. Like I, I, huh. black, black people just always know I'm, I'm mixed. So black. when, so did you notice any kind of difference from when you had hair to when you didn't have hair as far as that? I, uh, no, or was it so always not, the same. I've been shaving my head since I was 14. <laughs> so really? like my entire, yeah, but my you entire told me you had braids life. and stuff before. When I was younger, when I was uh, less oh, when you were really younger, oh, when I was like a kid, okay, okay, okay. So, all of that being said, then also growing up in Nebraska, right in the in in the eighties and nineties, 
There's not a ton of black folks around, and there certainly were not a lot of gay black folks around who were out. Absolutely. Sure. So, or you, you felt, probably felt like the only one. I, I did for a long time, like literally until I'm, I think it, I honestly had moved to Chicago before I was like, I think I'd met one gay black person before wow. I moved to Chicago at age 21. So then, so my sort of frame of reference for like what I grew up with and what I grew up around and what I, what was deemed like attractive was framed by white people in Nebraska. So that's kind of what I grew up mm-hmm. understanding to be attractive. Right. So I, I fully admit at, as a black man that I did not find black men attractive until I was around a lot of black men in my twenties and later on in life. So I just dated white men for forever. Like starting in college, I had just started dating white men and that, I mean, and now I am married to one. And so you do get a lot of questions slack for it from, from people, but it's, it's gotten better. I also think that, I'm sort of in a different place in my life where I can sort of frame the conversation. Like if someone comes at me and they're like, oh, well, you're, you know, you're black and you're disrespecting the community and da, 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 and doing all of this stuff because you date a white man. And I'm like, well, those are actually your issues. Like who I fell in love with, it didn't have anything to do with his skin color. Right. And this is who I fell in love with. And yes, there's a whole intersectionality of us being uh, a biracial couple and a mixed race couple and doing all of these things. But that doesn't take away from the fact that I am an activist for the community and I have had my own experiences as a biracial person and all of these things. Right. So it happens less now. I think that people are more woke and can sort of think through before they open their right. mouths. Think and I say this for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like black folks, white folks, brown folks, doesn't matter. Like I think everyone sort of, it seems to be less of an issue now than it used to be. But yes, for a long time, <laughs> it was wow, like, interesting. it was a lot of shade for that. Well, thank you for answering that. Uh, my family on the other end is very upset that I'm married to a white woman. Uh, but that, <laughs> who knows if that's going to be the question you asked me. Part two of the game may begins next. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Drop the subject is back. Allie, James, and part two of the game is about to ensue. After part two of the game, we are going to bring your husband, Chris, into the fold. We are going to fold him into the show and he will be <laughs> taking your place in the next segment. So let's just breeze right past this crap about me. About you. Uh, you want to ask me your question? Get to it. Um, what did you have for dinner last night? That's, that'll be your KMA. Tacos. I made tacos. <laughs> taco Because it's Taco Tuesday, by the way. It I've, wasn't the best thing I made, but it was a passable thing to eat for Cinco de Mayo. It, I was like, was. I really wish I had had all the better ingredients, but I don't <laughs> want to risk going to the grocery store. We also, not to take away from your game time, but you know, you take a risk on a restaurant. You're like, man, I know that I really want chips and salsa from X, Y, and Z, but they're closed or busy or whatever. So we're going to try this other place. We've never tried. It's a big mm. risk. We did that last night and it totally paid off. Oh, it was that, that happened to me this weekend great. too. Yeah. We went to a Mexican place. Yeah. And we, we were taking a chance. We were starving and we weren't in an area that we lived and so we went to this place and it was fantastic but one of the worst things is when you take that chance and it backfires and you're just sitting there eating a soggy taco and you're like (laughs) why that disappointment it runs deep yeah it does and then you're like you just feel really bad i spent this money and like whatever oh anyway uh okay so it is the gama 
And I feel like my question is sort of a little bit in the same ballpark, a little bit. What? Um, then for the question that you ask me. Okay. Not for the tacos. <laughs> or taking a risk on food. Um, Either way, I'm yeah, happy to I answer. Hey, oh. So, flag waving, man hating, hyper political, vegan, Birkenstock wearing, mm. crazy cat lady. Or like. Is this just you telling me who I am? <laughs> Well, okay, or I'm, I'm almost there. It's like super ultra glam, right? The other way. Right. These are some pretty intense lesbian stereotypes. But I, I feel like I know a lot of gay men who fight very hard against the very gay man stereotypes. But I feel like I don't know a lot of lesbians really fighting those stereotypes. Like, <laughs> no. Nope. I feel like the lesbians are just kind of like, eh. And so... Are yeah, you, uh-huh. are you like, ahead. eh, it is what it is and I don't really care or are there more lesbians fighting these stereotypes than I'm aware of or like, do you really care or are they like true or like, you know? That's a great question. I, there are times where I say I'm going on a camping trip and next to our campsite pull up in a Subaru Outback a couple of older ladies named... Sue and Barb, uh-huh. and they have two rescue dogs, and they are in head to toe, super diked out hiking gear. Mm-hmm. They have all their, or they're wearing Birkenstocks. They are making some kind of a vegan stew. Like they are the epitome of the stereotype. And uh-huh. I look, and I look, and I wonder if I'm looking at a glimpse of my future. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, is this the future that I, that I want? But also I look at their life and I'm like, that seems pretty good. Uh-huh. Like I, there's something about that stereotype that appeals to me. And why would I, I think that the stereotype that I don't want to adhere to. And I, I think is kind of frustrating is that some lesbians, especially older lesbians are just like a mess and have let themselves go and just like, you know, wear ill-fitting pants and Mm -hmm. just are kind of like frumped up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there are some times, especially with staying inside for six weeks, where I'm like, am I just a frumped up, weirdly shaped? Like, I don't know. I, I, Mm. I consciously am, I'm trying to think about my appearance and appearing not like a slob because Mm. of that stereotype. Mm. And I think that that stereotype is not necessarily accurate. I just think that it is a stereotype, right? So I think about it sometimes in terms of, because I don't like dressing up. I don't like putting on makeup. I don't like getting all gussied up to go out. And there are some times where I'm like, okay, now Allie, brush your hair, (laughs) put on makeup. (laughs) Or just, you know, and it's about finding what I feel makes me feel good. Now, do you think that those that is influenced by where you're like, I have to dress up. I have to a little bit. I have to brush. I right. brush my hair because you don't because that stereotype is influencing your behavior. Like you're like, I really actively Possibly, am yeah. trying to fight that stereotype. Wow, that's really interesting. I think so. I think there's a little part of me who's like, don't be that frumpo. Mm, mm-hmm. You know, where they're like, oh, yeah, the lesbian couple where they're just. <laughs> They're like, hey, guys, what's going on? I'm wearing hiking boots in a Morton Steakhouse. 
<laughs> I'm, I, very, very good. Very interesting. So you don't, it, you find it like a little bit, but also a bit. like you find but it then also, appealing. Exactly. I look at those ladies when they're in their element and I'm like, mm, it's good life. All right. Life is about to get even better because we're about to bring Chris in. You're going to leave. James, oh get out of here. Super nervous. Okay. And I think we're going to talk about, there's a, a real softball story, not an actual softball story, because that'd be way too interesting for me. <laughs> Thanks, Barb. It's, it's going to be <laughs> about why people should be taking baths during the day rather than at night. Okay. So it's an easy story to cover. We're going to give Chris the article. We're going to give him a second during this break to read it over. He's going to come in. He's going to bring us into the talk break. He's going to execute all of the elements that a host would. So host swap begins. Next, don't go anywhere. Drop the subject returns with a change after this. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Okay, so am I supposed to talk? Yep. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, welcome back to the show, everyone. This section is, ar- is around an article about why you should totally take a bath in the middle of the workday. I mean, my problem is trying to remember to take a bath. Oh, are you, are you not a you're not a regular bather there, Chris? I am, but I wake up and have coffee, then call start, and before I know it, it's around four o'clock in the afternoon, and I'm like, I get a whiff of something, and then I realize it's me. Oh yes, I've definitely been there. The, the <laughs> midday smell yourself. That's a that's a real wake up call in quarantine life. Yeah. But I mean, I I do. I'm a big fan of taking a shower, maybe not a bath. I, we don't have a bathtub. My bath, I guess, is our pool. So sometimes I'll do a workout and just go directly from the Peloton and into the pool, and that's my bath. Oh, mm, that's that <laughs> sounds that sounds nice. For me, it's just uh, getting into a shower that has probably about a gallon of cat hair in it already. <laughs> But uh, why are people taking baths at night? Apparently, that's not what they should be doing. You know, actually, it it kind of makes sense to me because you have to go lay in bed. And I don't like to wear clothes when I go to sleep. So I like to go to bed naked because otherwise you're climbing into dirty sheets every night. So it kind of makes sense to me. Makes sense. Yeah. I, I have you always slept naked. I've never been a person who subscribes to that because I'm afraid of things crawling around in my nether regions. Oh, um. I, I don't think I have to worry about that. <laughs> Not as much as I do. Um, but yeah, I think somewhere in my 20s, I, I made the change. So um, and I have to remember to tell James that, you know, he has to take off his clothes because I like to cut on next to him, too. So that's very nice. I like to hear <laughs> that. That's a, a visual that I definitely needed. And but when, when it comes to the habits of people taking baths, they're asking people to do it during the day, right? You know, actually, so seriously, from a, a work perspective, I actually, when I finally remembered it, my calls usually start anywhere from 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. So if I, I either have to choose to eat or take a bath, and I prefer to eat. So um, I usually will have time around lunch to take a shower real quick. And so actually, I've, I've noticed that when I go take a shower real quick and step out, I feel better and I'm more productive in the afternoon. Otherwise, I'm usually, if I don't take a shower, I'm usually having food coma from lunch. So, oh, yeah. Been there as so well. It, does, it helps me. But, but, but Chris, there's an article in front of you. Okay. Right? I see it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So why don't you read a little bit of p- a little section of it uh, for, for our listeners so that they can kind of get caught up on the, the conversation at hand. Uh, okay. Let me find a, a piece that I like. Okay. Um, yep. Take your time. It's all right. Let's see. You? That's all right. We have all the time in the world. <laughs> um, 
Or you can just say none of it. None of it, it interests you. It's all about authenticity, Chris. I actually love the bath piece of it. I love the title, but I can't find the bath piece of the actual article. Um, okay, I'm going to show you a little trick. You ready? Okay. Control F. Control F. Yep. And then type in the word bath. Now you can see all the parts of the article that say the word bath. Um, and you can scroll to the part that you want. Control F. This is going F. great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. It actually... There's no, no mention of bath? Hey, I'll just read one piece of it. So <laughs> I'll pick a piece and read it. Obviously, I, I always thought I was a tech person, but obviously not today. No, no it's okay. Surprisingly enough, is... my, my job at work is to roll out technology, and maybe I'm failing at that. No, you're not failing at anything. I want you to just get, keep going. Okay, so the article is really about different ways of being productive at work. How uh-huh. sometimes those walk around the office, that chat at the coffee pot or the water cooler is actually really um, productive. It helps your employees regain momentum, and when they get back to their desk, they're actually more productive. So that's the whole intent. And I think that the title suggests that, hey, taking a bath in the middle of a workday can actually um, boost productivity at home. All for that, just don't drop your computer in the water. Yes, that is You make a great point, Chris. Uh, Bringing technology into the bath time is not a good idea. And it might it's more and more tempting as time goes on. But I think that baths are a little bit I don't know what you think, Chris, but I think baths are a little bit overrated. I've been taking some baths because that's one of the things we're supposed to do to relax. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I feel like I'm just kind of sitting in a pool of lukewarm water staring into space going, what? Why am I not just watching TV? Well, especially if you've kind of been working in the garden and then it's just, and then you're sending a bunch of pool of dirt. <laughs> That's also a great point. <laughs> well, uh, Chris, it's been a pleasure. Why don't you tell everyone uh, to, and thank them for listening and then tell them that there are some music or commercials on the way. Thank you all for listening. Have a great day. Stay safe. And um, more music and commercials coming your way. I probably said it wrong. <laughs> Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Well, James, I'm happy to have you back. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's how did that go? Were you were you I, listening? I, yes, I was. I was. I'd stepped outside, but I was letting Chris like do his thing without me there, and I was totally listening. And I, I thought he did well. I could, knowing him, I can I can hear the nerves. I can tell he was nervous. I can tell that he mm-hmm. he also. Uh, what I do think is really funny is he is a technological whiz. It's quite literally part of his job. And he is an executive at a very large company. And part of his job is to roll out technology like to this entire company. So he's not like an IT guy, but he's more of like an operations kind of sales marketing kind of guy. And so he knows like how to get people into technology and how to teach them about it and things like that. And so um, I mean, I could hear what I think was like, <laughs> like he yeah. was trying to do something technical and couldn't figure it out. And I could tell that he was like mashing his teeth together, <laughs> like getting kind of like well, upset about it. And I was like, what is going on? It's funny because he, you know, it's his job to bring us into the segment and to talk about the story. Usually it would be like, well, you know, thanks for tuning in. Da, da, da. Here's what's coming up. And uh-huh. but here's what's going on now is bath time isn't necessarily nighttime anymore. And then you kind of go over the nuts and bolts of the story. Uh-huh. But it was I was kind of trying to toss that <laughs> ball in his direction of going, well, it seems that people aren't taking baths at night anymore. And he was like, I know it's crazy. 
<laughs> like, the end. Right. Well, I heard him say something about being naked. Like, is that? Yes. He, he explained some very personal. It was the gay MA continued. Uh, I mean, he said that he <laughs> sleeps naked uh-huh. and that he, he wants you to sleep naked as well because he likes to cuddle you naked when you're sleeping. He does. It's quite, uh, it can be a thing. Like if I come to bed with just like sure clothes on, he's like, get, take your clothes off. <laughs> really? Yeah. It's See, like, whole I, thing. I don't like my bare skin against itself when you're sleeping. <laughs> it just feels too sticky yeah, right. and weird. I'm, I want like socks and long sleeves and like, like snuggles. Aww. Those are the kind of snuggly clothing, bedding, all that stuff. I want to be wrapped up, uh-huh. of course, with my wife, but I want... But that sleeping naked is something I'll very rarely do. Yeah. But I think that more men like sleeping naked. I, I think so, too. I think that's funny. He also, uh, I could sort of hear, like, something about, maybe this is what he meant when he was talking about the bath or something. I don't know. He said something about jumping in a pool, right? Jumping in our pool. Yeah, his version of a bath is the, your pool. So <laughs> if you don't have a good filtration system, it's, I would get one now. I mean, hey, I mean, it's kind of true. We don't we don't actually have a bath. So maybe that's... he. Um, I, I love my dearly beloved, my betrothed, um, who he can be quite literal. So I think if you were talking about a bath, he was just like literally thinking about the fact that we don't his have bath. a bath. Yeah, and so right. he was just <laughs> thinking about his bath. I can imagine that that's, that's probably how that conversation went (laughs) well we will see what is about to ensue next when katie assumes my duties here on the airwaves of channel q my wife katie is uh, very busy and has been helping people through crises that is her job she works in the mental health field she's helping a lot of people in the living room right now but i'm going to pull her away from that to talk about drive-through strip clubs i think that would be a good (laughs) i'm so excited for this a good topic and it's something that she doesn't like talking about strippers she not that she shies away from it, but she, it, I, we've been to a strip club together and it was not a good experience uh-huh. because she kind of, so, so that might come up, okay, but I'll she's going to try and present this story. She might be putting her professional hat on. So we'll see uh-huh. exactly how she handles it. Uh-huh. Host Swap continues. Get out of here, Allie. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Hey, this is Katie, Allie's wife, and I'm here with James on Drop the Subject for Host Swap. I was really hoping it was co-host swap. I've never done anything like this before. How are you feeling, James? I'm feeling fantastic, by the way. You are very good at this already. Already. I had a feeling this was a secret talent of mine. (laughs) Oh, that's good. So maybe it should just be... Me and you and no more Allie, right? And I feel like it should just be like drop the subject with Katie and James. I think that sounds really great, actually. We'll just kick her to the curve. Okay. I mean, it's <laughs> it's fine. She's not really like funny. She doesn't like really contribute a lot to the show. So, um, yeah, I think we should just do this. Let's, let's see what you got. Do you have anything um, like on your mind that you want to talk about? I have an amazing story to talk about. We got to talk about it fast, though, because I do have another job that I really have to get to. <laughs> <laughs> now, what, what is it that you actually do? You don't just sit and stare longingly at Allie all day? I don't, even though that is that is the dream, to just sit and stare longingly at her all day, just to watch her record and perform. Uh-huh. Um, but I am a therapist of sorts, and I do some crisis intervention work and some private practice work. So this uh-huh. story I have, uh, turns out there's a great intervention deep within this story that I could start maybe prescribing to some clients to help them oh, with depression. 
I like that already. Um, very good. So you have already in what in a minute and 40 seconds managed to merge your new life, your new job as a nationally syndicated talk radio host and your job, current job as a like uh, a social worker, a do-gooder, a therapist, right? All of those things. Um, I think this is pretty phenomenal. And again, way, way more than Allie's ever really brought to the show. You know, what else is interesting is I know you all talk to Dr. Jen, and I think I'm just going to channel her right now. <laughs> you should totally talk about channel Dr. Jen. And to Dr. Jen's credit, by the way, before you talk about anything, you have to talk about doing Peloton first. You have to be like, <laughs> uh, like mildly obsessed with the Peloton. Uh, funny enough is I did do a Peloton app workout this morning. So I am oh, right see, up there that. with her. I was channeling her without even knowing it. I love all of that. That is hysterical. Um, okay, so we have this. I think this story is going to be really interesting to our our listeners. What you got? All right. So we have drive through strip clubs happening in Portland, Oregon, a great city uh, where Allie and I actually got married. Really well known for their strip clubs, actually. We frequented one. I shouldn't say frequented, but we went to one. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, we went all the time. I am the worst person to go to a strip club with. All I do is contemplate why this individual is dancing. Um, Not because I I feel sorry for them or want to place shame or shame upon them. Uh More because I could never do what they're doing. I can't dance with clothes on. I can't dance around people. <laughs> they were actually quite talented. They were very talented. Um, yeah. Yeah. They were. So it's a huge <laughs> it's a huge moneymaker in Oregon and with all the shutdowns they were deemed non-essential businesses. So they've made a way to make themselves essential. And the way that they've done that is they've made this a drive-through. They've made drive-through strip clubs where they're also serving food. So all you got to do is pay $30. You get to order any of the food items off the menu which I would imagine so why would you be limited to what food you could order? Uh, <laughs> and then you drive into a tent you're treated to a full show but later it says really you only get two dances and then you're sent on your merry little way um, i wonder if 30 dollars would normally equate to two dances in a strip in a strip club in general like i feel like if you you know if you've bought like a 20 dollar drink and then you've tipped the dancer like i feel like Two dances. No, two dances is going to be way more than 30 bucks. So that's a pretty good deal, actually. Yeah, it doesn't sound too bad. It sounds very affordable. And it's so affordable, in fact, that people are driving from Seattle to come see it. A lot of mention of women coming to watch these other women dance, which is great. Feminine power. I love it. I actually, I think we have some audio about that, about like women coming. Hang on. People are so happy. It's something they've never seen before or something close to what they haven't been able to see in weeks. Um, I had a lady go through this drive-through. I was right here and she teared up and she messaged me on my social media later said that um, that was just so wonderful and she really misses the clubs. Like nightlife is a big part of our connection and our art and our socialization and our money making for the city. Okay, I think the best part about that entire clip, by the way, was like the stripper music in the background. <laughs> like while she's being interviewed, it's like, and she's just like, any moment she's going to just like start taking her clothes off. They really want you to feel it. I am impressed that it moved someone to tears. 
Yeah. How, I mean, in this time of like COVID and like such little like human interaction, you have someone who was like an older woman who apparently like really enjoyed the clubs getting to at least experience a little bit of that. I, I, I mean, I'm, it's sad that it moved her to tears, but I'm also really glad she got to experience it. I think ultimately this is a story of love and finding community and love during this time in a very unique way and keeping businesses going, keeping the economy going. Pretty cool. That is amazing. And you... uh, um, I am being pressured over here to do an impression, (laughs) and I don't do impressions. No. We just talked about that. Absolutely not. Right. That's so funny. Well, all right. So we... You jump in and do it. You have to do it. This tastes edgy, honey. We got through through six minutes of a, of a, a segment before it started going to crap, and it was, of course, Allie's fault. So how about that, Katie? I think you did fantastic. The only thing now you have to do, you got to wrap us up. You got to, like, send us into a music break. I don't know how to do that, James. Give it, give it a whirl. Just try. What well, this heard? has been Host Swap with Katie, Allie's wife, and James. And now you're going to listen to some fun music <laughs> that you may want to strip to. <laughs> hey, very good. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Well, I'm, I'm upset. Because... Yeah. Katie did too good of a job, and that's not the point. You better of this. watch out. You better the watch point out. Point was that it's supposed to be a train wreck, <laughs> and she was walking and going, "I don't know what's going on. How, how do I do this?" I'm like, "Don't worry about it. Just, just well, do I have to say welcome back to everybody and blah 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 blah?" And I'm like, "Oh, there's CNN." <laughs> of course, playing oh. ads in the background like they do. I thought this you is know my nemesis. I, I, CNN ads, huh? Go aren't ahead. they? Aren't they something else? No, I, I, I mean, you're gonna have to get control of those CNN ads, or Katie's gonna take your job, Allie, because she's she is, and she's you know what? That good. She's already back in the living room, going, "We should have a podcast, or maybe I should do this more, or maybe I should talk to Brian <laughs> about getting my own show." I mean, it's completely gone to her head because she was able to get through one segment about strippers. I mean, right. I, I also, I feel like we need to do sort of, a, you know, I'm a researcher, right? So I feel like we need to do some sort of comparison between like. Uh, the complexity of the bath story versus the stripper story. Like, was it just easier for Katie to talk about the stripper story? Like, if we've got Chris talking maybe. about strippers, maybe. I mean, because right. I, I felt like get Chris, Chris back in here to cover Chris strippers. Chris did pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, I think uh, Chris did do pretty good. Yeah, he did do pretty good. Um, I think, however, neither of our jobs are um, at. We do, We don't risk. need to be worried about it. at risk. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I, I think we're okay. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe we'll do that again sometime. Host swap. Maybe we'll swap with our pets next time. Yeah. There we go. Um, so there's a new study that I think is important to talk about, and it's, and then we can talk about you know why this is and what some people are doing to try and combat this or try and help the situation. But black communities are especially affected by COVID-19. We've known this since the beginning. I don't think it's being talked about enough. I would assume you agree, James. 100%. So black communities, according to a new study, account for a disproportionate number of COVID-19 deaths in the U.S. There is new evidence that black people are dying from coronavirus, many more than any other group. They represent 13.4% of the American population. And the, but the counties with higher black populations account for more than half of all COVID-19 cases and almost 60% of deaths. And why do you think that is James? I know there are some socioeconomic reasons, but 
is there anything that you can kind of speak to as to why this may be the case? So uh, absolutely. What this uh, is unfortunately rearing its ugly head about is what we've known about disparities in the healthcare system and in preventative care uh, and in health in general that are very, very particular along racial lines. Uh, that's something that we've known for a very long time, particularly in the public health community. It's talked about in certain ways in the medical and nursing community, um, but but not to the ways that that I think it needs to be talked about. It's sort of like you learn about it in school and then uh, particularly, and I guess I can only speak to like advanced practice nursing school and uh, doctorally prepared nursing school, but we talk about this a lot. We talk about these, um, you know, social determinants of health is the kind of the key buzzword of it, right? So like your socioeconomic or sociodemographic circumstances has an overwhelming impact on your health. And so to just sort of bottom line this thing, if you have asthma, diabetes, high blood pressure, existing heart disease, whether it's known or not, you are at much higher risk to die from COVID-19. You're also at much higher risk to die from other viral flus and like pneumonia, et cetera, right? But what's being shown now is this is something we've known that's happened for a long time, and it is racially based. There is a, whether that is comfortable for people to hear or not, there are racial biases that are really deeply entrenched in our healthcare system. And lots of people, lots of do-gooders are out there really trying very hard right now to fight back against those and have been for years and years. And the reason they've been trying to fight against those is because of something just like this, that when the big pandemic comes, Black people die at a disproportionate rate because of all of these preventative health, access to care, access to quality care, rates of smoking, alcoholism, diet, you know, food deserts, that whole thing that goes into the big picture of maintaining a good, healthy lifestyle, if you will, are just not as accessible for black people in most parts of the country. Their health suffers because of it. And now they are dying at an obnoxiously disproportionate level from COVID-19. Well, you summed it up perfectly. I also just wanted to say that um, when it it's just funny because when this was first happening, remember we were having conversations about the on the air about how no no black people had gotten it yet. Right, right, and people were saying, and we're like, I heard "Whoa, black people maybe black it. people are immune." And then <laughs> and then now look at where we're at. It's just like, damn it, man! But yeah. it's cool at least to see people like Beyonce. Beyonce has donated. Six million dollars. Her and Jack Dorsey, Twitter's Jack Dorsey, I should say, donated six million dollars for African-American mental health during the coronavirus pandemic. And I think it's really amazing that they're that they teamed up to do this. Uh, It's relief for essential workers on the front lines of the coronavirus pandemic. But it's specialized also to to mental health. Uh, resources for African-American communities when they really let's face it, need it more than anybody right now. Absolutely. And I could I couldn't be more proud of um, I can't uh, think officially say them out loud, but the hospital institution where I work is also partnering with Beyonce and NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness, which is a fantastic organization. Um, I know Taraji P. Henson is also out there doing a lot for mental health in the black community Mm -hmm. um, and raising money. So we thank the do gooders. There needs to be more done. And please just let this be an opportunity for you to take home the point that not everyone has the same access to care and not everyone has the same quality 
quality of life and quality of health going into something like this, which is even more important why you need to wear your mask, you need to wash your hands, you need to stay the F at home. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject presents News It or Lose It. Drop the subject, we're moving right along, and I'm messing up in production. That's all right, uh, but they're still having me here. Oh, there's Allie's dinger, binger, binger, clanger, however I say it every day. Try it one more time, Allie. How that was dare good. you? Yeah, binger, banger, dinger, clanger. It's time for News It or Lose It. I have three headlines. Allie has her dinger, binger, binger, clanger, and uh, she's going to pick the stories that we news and talk about or we lose and we dump them. Story number one. You knew I was going here. You knew it. Astronomers may have found the closest black hole to Earth. Mm, yes, I saw this. I could only pitch three stories in my news of news. I'm glad that you picked it up and put it in yours. Uh, very good. Uh, story number two. Um, Craig Hodges blasts Michael Jordan for discussing, quote, traveling cocaine circus on his what? documentary, The Last Ooh. Dance. Three little words, traveling cocaine circuit. <laughs> you need for me to use it. You're in. And finally, amid NASCAR suspension, Kyle Larson will race in Friday's World of Outlaws event in Iowa. Oh, that's not how he was raised. Oh, wait, that was how he was raised. Oh, I'm going to lose that lose one. Lose uh, I lost his apology after he used the N-word, and now I will lose him returning to NASCAR. Yeah, there we go. Well, he's returning to World of Outlaws, which is like souped-up go-kart racing, basically. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you get demoted in the NASCAR world? It is. It, they literally call, right, they have a Bush League, which is the league right under NASCAR, which is like the main league, and they call it being in the Bush Leagues, and you have all these other whatever. But no disrespect on those guys. I used to have family who used to race in the Bush Leagues. Oh, boy. <laughs> That's a whole nother conversation. You are from Nebraska. I really am from Nebraska, (laughs) aren't I? (laughs) Listen, moving right along. Astronomers may have found the closest black hole to Earth. So if you are new to drop the subject, you may or may not know Allie and I both like are totally kind of like spacey nerd weirdos. Except didn't someone try to come for us on Twitter last week? Uh, Someone came at you about space. Yeah, I got something wrong or... I just was I so can't ex- remember what it I is was now, just so but... excited about something, and they were like, yeah. They were like, actually, there's oh. a Pluto is about this big. Or I think it was about how long it would take to get to the moon. I think we said it was three days or something, and it's way longer than that. Right, right, right. A month. Yeah, like, and they were like, uh, if you're really into space, you should know. And I was like, no, no, I was just like being excited, but whatever. So I'm just going to be excited about this and be like, oh, my God, there is like totally another black hole that is like really close to us, and we didn't even know it. So... Is this going to eat up the planet, though? Is this something that we should be worried about? Should we be more worried about murder hornets or this black hole that's really <laughs> close to Earth? I think I think we should be way, way more worried about murder hornets. Okay. Um, yeah. But in astronomy and astrophysics, which is one of the better journals, researchers say they may have made an observation unveiling what may be the closest known black hole to Earth, and it was literally just hiding right there in plain sight in a visible star constellation that's visible to the naked eye oh so we can see the black hole with our naked eyeballs i mean no we can't see the black hole but we can see the stars that are kind of close to the black hole huh so hr 6819 an otherwise inconspicuous star system that is faintly visible to the naked eye in the southern constellation of telescopium 
revealed oh. that one of its two known stars appeared to be orbiting an unseen object once every 40 days. On closer inspection, the team shows that this unseen object to be a black hole with a mass estimated about 4.2 times that of our sun. Whoa, okay, that seems massive. Also, <laughs> not surprising that a black hole is located near HR. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, man, we're going to get some flack from that one. Just keep going down the hall. HR. The black hole of death. Just keep on on going. That's fine. You're good. Your badge. Oh, your badge doesn't work. They're just. Yeah. So the fact that there is a a close enough to be visible with the naked eye black hole that was just like sort of sitting there in front of us, again, points to the fact that there's so much about space that we don't know. It is super mega ultra cool. And this one, by the way, is just a thousand light years away. That's it. Yeah, and according to James, it'll take an hour to get there. Right, uh, but it'll totally take an hour to get there. Okay, so if you um, are looking for something to watch on TV and you have... Uh, even you don't even have to be a basketball fan or a sports fan. If you just like really good drama and it's real-life drama, Asterix, um, you should totally check out this documentary called The Last Dance. Uh, ESPN put it together. It's all about Michael Jordan. It's all about him trying to come back with the Bulls to win their sixth championship. Well, in that documentary, in the very first episode, they talk about when Michael Jordan was a rookie and he came across what he says in the documentary are most of his teammates in one hotel room, drinking, smoking weed, doing cocaine and with like lots of prostitutes in the room. Okay, I mean, so now people are getting pissed off about defamation. Right. Well, they're kind of saying don't violate the bro code. And so, all right. I'm not sure how I feel about like not violating the bro code, but like this, we know that things like this bro code is cocaine and prostitutes, right? And so, like, don't talk about the bro code. But also, this goes a a lot deeper. There are, you know, sometimes they're saying that Michael Jordan said all these things about Isaiah Thomas, but he didn't really didn't about the Olympic team, or maybe he did. And then him and Scottie Pippen have a whole drama thing about his foot and contracts and whatever. It's really juicy. And now that all of this has come out in the documentary, every time an episode drops. All these people from the past are like, no, that's not what happened at all. And oh, so he's dragging specific people, very specific people. And Michael Jordan executive produces this. So whatever we see, he had the final say on just saying. (laughs) Yeah. But if are you do you have credibility to say, no, that's not how it happened when you were probably drunk and on cocaine. And (laughs) (laughs) the person is your account, the memorable one for the record, Craig Hodges, who was a former teammate of Jordan's, was not on the team when he made the cocaine circle comments. So like the traveling cocaine circus comments. So he, he's just more mad about violation of the bro code. Okay. Well, I, I I think that when enough time passes, it's like once it's takes place in the seventies or eighties or whatever, like once 20 years have gone by, I feel like you can say whatever the hell you want, especially if you're somebody like Michael Jordan. Well, Hey, Oh, and I know you don't love him, but still I will Mm. check out that doc. It sounds interesting. Good. It's really good. Um, all right, we got to go. When we get back, we're going to give you some happy endings and, uh, recap the show. Don't go anywhere. Drop the subject. Exciting conclusion after this. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Unfortunately, it is time for us to go, but we have gotten a lot done. We did host swap. We talked about Donald Trump. We also learned that James Simmons, when he was a kid, used to eat dirt. And I just wanted to point out (laughs) that you are not alone. Lots of people eat dirt. 
JT underscore painting on Instagram made a point to send us a direct message on our Instagram at DTS show and said, I fully ate dirt. You are not alone. Everyone else is lying. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, JT. I agree. I think everybody eats dirt when they're kids. They just want to talk about it. And also another point in your comment in your column, Netwar one sent a direct message, a direct message with a picture of Spam Musabi. <gasps> oh, thank you, Netwar. And said he loves it. Sp- isn't Spam Musabi? It's like the it is the jam. I actually had someone like make it for me, like homemade. It was so good. It was I mean, this picture looks pretty delectable. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad. So like, stand stand up for the spam diced ham, whatnot. <laughs> Yeah, stand up for spam dice ham. I don't think enough people are creating awareness around that. Right. But <laughs> it um. is important. That's why we are giving everybody a voice because, you know, where spam uh-huh. wasabi is falling through the cracks on other radio stations, not here, not, not now. You guys don't understand what spam has to go through. <laughs> you really don't. <laughs> um, it is time for happy endings. Oh, and, and a kind of a happy ending. We did not even mention today that it is the beginning of Nurse Week. Oh, uh, yeah. How about that? We should totally like find a nurse to come talk about that. Yeah, we should definitely begin Where's, a search. Where could we find a nurse to talk about Nurses Week? You know, I think we can go to the parking lots where the protesters are. I think we can go to <laughs> those nurses. the depths of YouTube. Yeah, the nurses who are like, hey, I'm over it. Yeah, like, like, yeah, try to come in this hospital without a mask, see what happens. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, why is this start on a Wednesday? I, because I feel like it's a very nursey thing. Just let you know, like no one else can talk mess about my profession, but because I am one, I can talk mess about my profession. It's one of those things. I feel like it's a very nursey thing that we, there's like National Nurses Day and International Nurses Day and there's Nurses Week and there's Hospital Nurses Week and there's all this stuff. And like, let's start International Nurses Week on a Wednesday and make it go till Tuesday. Like, why not? So, uh, I don't know. <laughs> just I'm to just, make things different? I guess, just to mix it up. But but what? it's fine. You know, there's four million of us in, in the United States alone. So, like, I dare somebody try to say something. No, yeah. But I'm definitely not going to be that person who's simply about it. <laughs> I just was asking, just asking. Just what, what you got against it, Allie. You're all, you're all heroes. Oh. All right. Well, we will be celebrating. Uh, and if there's anything that you want me to bring you, I have delivered, I've gotten some beer delivered to Jesse for his belated birthday. So for belated nurse week, I will, I will happily send you something. Do you like beer as well? Uh, I do like beer. I am a okay. beer and whiskey guy. Yes. Oh, okay. Expensive taste. I like it. Mm-hmm. You've got some wild turkey coming your way. Hey, I'll take wild turkey. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And we are now we're out of time for happy endings, but I will say happy ending for both of us, if I oh, may. Okay, please. It is true that Tom Cruise wants to become an astronaut, oh, go up man. into space this and guy. make a movie, this which guy. seems ridiculous. <laughs> but... If we're going to create astronauts, if we're going to make actors astronauts, at least they're up in space and not in your beehive. I wonder what's inside your <laughs> Very good, Allie. I wonder what's inside You should have played your remix of it. let this little girl take you out of the show today. Thank you for listening. You can catch up on the podcast. Drop the subject. Find your podcast. See you tomorrow.
subject. The new Channel Q.